Welcome to another inspirational message from Church on the Rock Pile. Thank you for listening. And if you would like more information, you can visit us at www.therockchurch.co.za. Hi, everyone. It's so good to have you with us today. Today, I want to talk about the fight that we all face because we all face things that come against us in life, you know, things that aren't fair, perhaps a sickness that just won't go away or finances under strain or a rejection or, you know, something that is actually not your own fault. And many of us were born into hardship. Maybe parents weren't around much or addiction and depression that kept being passed down through generational choices, not curses, but choices. And it's so very easy to get to a place where you say, why am I having all this opposition in my life? God, why me? You know, why did the company let me go during COVID after all that I did for them? I gave them my life. It's because there's something in you that the enemy is trying to stop. Those negative situations, listen to me, they aren't random. You weren't just unlucky. They were strategic attacks. You know, something that I learned when I was in the army is you take out what is a prominent threat to you first. First priority, take out the threat. So if the enemy wasn't threatened by you, he wouldn't be trying to hold you back. If he couldn't see the potential in you, he wouldn't waste his time, you know, bringing you difficulties throughout your life. And so when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, God said, you are mine. And I believe favor and blessing came on you. And that is so wonderful. That is absolutely awesome. But the challenges, you then became a target. And the enemy will do everything he can to stop you in your tracks. He knows you are destined to take new ground and make a difference. So he's going to work overtime to try and stop you. Many times the enemy knows who we are long before we realize who we are in Christ. You know, when David was a teenager working in the shepherd's fields, there was nothing special about it. He didn't have, you know, a significant position. He was just taking care of his father's sheep. Nothing much. He didn't come from wealth or influence. They were a middle income family of shepherds. Nothing about David stood out. Even his father, can you believe his own father forgot about him when the prophet came to anoint one of his sons as the next king. And then there came a time when David took a happy meal to his brothers who were in the army. Why did the oldest brother belittle him and make fun of him? Why was he jealous of him? David wasn't intimidating. It didn't seem as if it was, you know, a fair that he was seen as a threat at all. But the enemy can see things in you that you may not see in yourself. David saw himself as ordinary, but the enemy knew that he was a giant killer, that he was going to impact history. And that's why it came against him so strongly. And many of the difficulties that you have faced, you know, they haven't made sense. Opposition out of nowhere, people turning on you, rejection. It's because there is a giant killer in you. You may not be able to see it yet, but the enemy can see. You got to see, he sees it. There's greatness in you and he knows whose you are. So you need to have a new perspective. Those difficulties are a sign that something awesome is in your future. Now, if you go to Mark chapter five, there was a man possessed by demon spirits. He got to a place where no one could control him. So they took him to the other side of the Sea of Galilee to live in a graveyard, to live amongst tombs, a deserted place. They tried to chain him up. They put chains around him, but he would just break the chains. 
So he wandered amongst the tombs by himself, wearing no clothes, just cutting himself and screaming. It didn't look like he had much of a future. Society had come along and written him off. There must have been nights, you know, moments of sanity, where he would have looked up to God and said, why am I so tormented? God, I'd, I'd love to just go and be back home. It looked like this was it. You know, people had given up on him. But God never gives up on us. Nobody is too far gone. Don't write your children off, your neighbor, your cousin, your siblings, your spouse. It may seem as if they're too far from God. But you know what? They're not too bad, too addicted or too depressed. The enemy wouldn't be fighting him that hard if there wasn't something amazing on the inside of them. One day Jesus told his disciples that he wanted to cross to the other side of the lake, which was where this man happened to be. In the middle of the night, while they were on the boat, Mark 4.36 says, a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow and they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? We are dying. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Now, the next morning they arrived on the shore. As Jesus was getting out of the boat, this deranged person came running to him, fell on his knees and started to scream. Jesus spoke to the demon and the man and told them to come out, and he was instantly healed. And the Bible says in Mark 5, 15, then they, the people came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed, sitting and clothed and in his right mind. Now, the storm came when Jesus was heading towards the man. And I really don't believe that it was random. Not at all. It wasn't just an act of nature or, or some coincidence taking place. I believe that the enemy was trying to stop Jesus getting to him. And you would think it was enough that he was possessed and cutting himself. Surely he was not a threat and would never ever do anything great in his life. It was over. But the enemy knew, despite all that, he still had potential on the inside of him. He still had a destiny to fulfill. He had dreams to accomplish. And when the enemy saw Jesus coming across that lake, I believe he thought, whoa, I've got to stop him getting there. And I want you to know that there is a fight for your future. But what I want you to see also is this, is that it's not your battle. It's not your battle. God is fighting for you. The enemy may send storms and opposition. It may seem too big to overcome, but you don't need to worry. God controls the wind. He can override every single negative force that is trying to stop you. So I believe that in your future, breakthroughs are coming. Healing is coming. Freedom is coming. For some of you, there are things that look as though they could never, ever turn around. That storm seems darker than ever in your life. You know, on your own, you wouldn't have a chance. But you are not on your own. I'm here today to say, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, because God is on the throne and victory is coming. I believe like that man, as you walk with God, you will see him defeat what is trying to stop you. There is no storm too strong, no giant or challenge too great, no fire too hot that he can't step in and bring you out. This deranged man didn't know that Jesus had spoken to the winds. He didn't know there was a huge storm and that Jesus had gone to great lengths to get to him. He just saw Jesus step onto the shore. 
God has been going before you, listen to me, your entire life. He's been pushing back forces of darkness, crossing lakes, calming storms, just to get to you, to you. And some of these battles took place when you were a child. The enemy knew way back then what you were called to be and that there was a plan and purpose for your life. So he has worked overtime trying to stop you. One of my earliest memories is of falling into my uncle's swimming pool. I can remember looking up and seeing the blue water above me as I sank. And even now I can remember the panic that overwhelmed me. I was very young and I can remember my cousin jumping in. He had seen me fall in and jumped in and pulled me out. I could have drowned, but my cousin Brian saved me. I couldn't save myself. That was God fighting for me. The enemy had sent a storm, but God said, peace, be still. I have the final say. And I've learned something. The enemy cannot stop your life. Did you hear me? He cannot stop your life. He cannot stop your destiny. David said in Psalm 30, I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. Why did the pool not take me out? Or that accident harm you that you went through? Because God refused to let it. Why did you beat that cancer? Why did that unhealthy childhood not stop you? Or that addiction finish you off? Because God's purpose is more powerful than the enemy's plans. And the mere fact that you are still here watching me online today is a sign that God's favor is on your life. You just need to do your part. Stay in faith. Don't become bitter. Don't go around complaining about what didn't work out, what you didn't get. Listen to me. God is still working. He is the God of justice and he will make up for what is not fair in your life. You know, when I was young, the enemy knew that I would give my life to Christ. He knew that I would be the one to break the cycle that has limited my family line for generations. He knew that one day I would launch the rocket impact lives. And I know why he tried to stop me in that pool. Listen to me. When you have a big future, the enemy is not going to just roll out the red carpet and say, ah, oh, come along, you know, I'm going to let you fulfill your destiny. No. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 69, for a great and effective door of opportunity has opened to me. And there are many adversaries. Many adversaries, you know. The many adversaries doesn't mean God has forgotten about you or that you've been left out. No, it's because of great and effective doors that are about to be opened. It's because of the favor that God has put on and in your life. You know, when Moses was born, Pharaoh put out a decree that all the Hebrew male babies had to be killed by the sword. The Egyptians were scared that the Hebrews would... Um, uh, outgrow them and, and become dominant over them. Not only that, it was prophesied that Moses would deliver the Israelites out of slavery. And it wasn't a coincidence he was born into adversity, born with forces against him. It wasn't anything that he had done. He, 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 he wasn't in a place where he was making poor choices, no. But from his birth, the enemy tried to stop him. His mother hid him. But eventually he got too big. So she put him in a small basket and sent him floating down the river Nile. It so happened. Don't you like those so happens in the Bible? It so happened that Pharaoh's daughter was out taking a bath. And then all of a sudden she started to hear a cry coming from a basket. She opened it and couldn't believe what was inside. And she fell in love with this little baby. 
Now, this is what's so interesting about the story. What's interesting is that she knew he was a Hebrew baby. She knew that he wasn't supposed to live. Her father was the one who had made the decree. But for some reason, she and her father, the Pharaoh, decided that it was okay for her to keep the baby and raise it as her own child. Listen, when God is going before you, when he's fighting your battles, things will happen that don't make sense. When he says, peace, be still, storms that look impossible will suddenly calm down. And maybe you were raised in an unhealthy environment and you have reason to be disgruntled. Maybe you think you could never do anything great for God. How do you know that you are not a Moses? How do you know that adversity isn't the sign that God has a plan and purpose for you? That the enemy has tried to push you down to keep you from leaving your mark upon this world. But God has stepped in and said, peace, be still. Stop believing those lies that you've had too many bad breaks. Too much is against you. It's too unfair. You know, it doesn't have to be fair for God to do something awesome in your life. I've learned that when the enemy tries to stop you and it's unfair, that's when God shows up the most. It wasn't fair that David's entire family belittled him, but that didn't stop him from taking the throne. It wasn't fair that Joseph was thrown into a pit and lied about and put into prison, but that didn't stop him from becoming the prime minister of the whole of Egypt. It wasn't fair that Moses was born under a death sentence, that his parents had to go and hide him. But that didn't stop him from delivering the Israelites. Who says it has to be fair for you to fulfill your destiny? No bad breakers cancel God's plan for your life. No injustice, no disappointment, no person. The reason it's not fair is because there's something on the inside of you that the enemy does not want to get out of you. You know what? You're not online by mistake. God's assigned something to you that the enemy is trying to stop. There's an anointing on you that he doesn't want you to see. But the good news is the enemy does not have the final say. Get ready in your spirit to step into that God call that is upon your life. In the army, I could have died three times that I know of. Dead, you know. But that's another story of God's grace. Later, while I was studying, I had a head-on collision with another car. I mean, it literally suddenly swerved out of its lane into my lane a head-on impact pushing me forward. I broke the steering wheel off of the column as it hit my chest. I was bruised, battered. My car was written off. In fact, both cars were written off in the accident. The person that hit me was in hospital for about seven weeks. You know, I thought I'd just broken some ribs and there was some unusual bruising. I went every color under the sun from green to orange, purple, yellow. And I kept thinking, suck it up, you've broken some ribs, you know. And then uh, a little while after that, uh, I went and visited Israel, came home, and I started to get very sick. I ended up in ICU, lying in a bed with ice being poured over me because my temperature had gone so high. Nobody knew what was wrong. They discovered that I had two strains of malaria, one I got in Angola and one in Egypt called Vivax and Ovali. And luckily, they could treat it. Many years later, they discovered that in the accident, I had split my diaphragm. It's called a diaphragmatic hernia. And my stomach through the years had moved into my chest cavity and was now lying fused to my heart. Long, long story short, they had to separate the two 
And on the operating table, I died twice. I died twice. During recovery, I got septicemia, then gangrene, then pneumonia. Then I got MRSA, a virus. You know, I landed up in isolation for six weeks. After making a full recovery, they discovered I had cancer in my prostate. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And then they told me that spread from my prostate to my pelvic region. I had robotic surgery. They removed my prostate, seminal glands, lymph nodes, all these kind of things. Then they said they believed that it spread to my ribs. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because I want you to know that through it all, I knew God has got this. God's got me. I had a peace. It could be easy for people to look at me and say, Mark, why do all these things happen to you? I know that I know that the enemy knew that God had a plan and purpose for my life. Every time the enemy has sent a storm, God has stepped in and said, peace be still. You know, when I was told that cancer had spread through my pelvic reed, God was the one who came along and said, cancer, you can't finish him off. I have the final say. God has refused to let my enemies triumph over me. Wow. You know, what has come against you has not been random. Those were strategic attacks for one reason, because of what is in your future, purpose, destiny, greatness. If you will stay in faith, if you will walk with God and keep moving forward and not get bitter over what hasn't worked out or gone your way, at some point, you'll step into what the enemy didn't want you to see and didn't want you to do. You know, new levels of favor, opportunities like you've never had before. God can take you where you could never, ever go on your own. When I was a teenager, a book came out that was called The Cross and the Switchblade. They then made it into a top Hollywood movie, and it really impacted my life. It's the story of a pastor named David Wilkerson and a young gang leader called Nicky Cruz. Nikki had grown up in a poor Puerto Rican family with 17 brothers and sisters. His parents were heavily involved in witchcraft. And when he was three years old, his mother, who was in a trance, declared over him that he was the son of Satan. He was very young and didn't know much. But imagine having somebody speaking that over your life. Come on, that wasn't fair. You know, he was definitely at a disadvantage. But people don't have the final say. And what you can't see is what's happening behind the scenes. The most high God is fighting for you. You know, he overrules every negative thing that has been spoken over your life. At 15, Nicky moved to New York City uh, with one of his brothers. Six months later, he was the leader of one of the most violent and feared gangs in the whole of New York City. Fighting and even killing was part of his everyday life. A year later, his best friend was stabbed and died in his arms. He became like the deranged man that was cutting himself. He gained a reputation of being violent and aggressive. It didn't seem as if Nicky Crude had any, any future. Everybody, including the police, said that he wouldn't amount to much. He was too far, of course. But God was crossing the lake to get to him. He was on the way to turn things around. When forces come against you so strongly, you can be assured there's a great purpose for your life. There's a great potential that is there on the inside of you. And one night, David Wilkerson came up to him on the streets and said that God loved him. And Nikki replied, I can kill you. I can cut you into a thousand pieces. 
And David Wilkerson replied, yes, you can. And every priest will say, I love you. He then invited Nikki to a service that he was having. And Nikki laughed and threatened him and made fun of him. But as I love to teach, when you plant a seed, you don't know where it's going to take root. And David Wilkerson had just planted a seed. The next night, the young man and his entire gang showed up at his meeting. They were planning to disrupt things, cause trouble and steal the offering. But as he sat there and began to hear about the love of God, even through all his heckling, he felt something happen on the inside that he had never, ever felt before. At the end of the service, against all odds, he stood up and gave his life to Christ. And instantly, chains were broken and he felt a new sense of purpose, a new sense of destiny. And he knew that he knew in his heart that he was no longer the son of Satan. He was the son of the Most High God. When you can't fight for yourself, you have to know that God is fighting for you. And he is bigger than any force trying to hold you back or negative words that have been spoken over you, bigger than the accident or how you were raised, bigger than the sickness or the rejection that you felt. Today, Nicky Cruz is an incredible pastor. He's old now, but you can Google him. He's made a huge impact on this world. His book, Run Baby Run, is a must read. He couldn't have changed on his own, but you don't have to. You don't have to be strong enough to overcome the enemy. You have someone fighting for you. Exodus 14 says, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. In other words, you just keep doing good. You keep doing the right thing and God will take care of what's coming against you. He can turn the opposition around. He can move the wrong people out of the way. He will get you to where you're supposed to be. You know, when I first started ministry here at The Rock back in 1994, I arrived in power with a dream to build the church. But almost immediately, I started having opposition. We were the first Pentecostal non-racial church in the valley, and people didn't understand us. And I used to think, why are they coming against us? We had a dog cut up and left on our doorstep. Our other dog was poisoned. A bomb was left in this church. It was two minutes away from exploding when the police and the fire brigade defused it. I mean, I can go on and on and on. So many dockets were open. The police opened these different dockets and they're still open till today. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm just trying to build a church. All I wanted to do was preach on the goodness of God. But, and this is important, but I know now the enemy doesn't fight you for where you are now. He fights you for where you are going to be. When we started The Rock, we had about 12 people and I didn't know where the future would lead. But you know what? God had something bigger in me than the little 40-seater building that we were in. You know, things that I couldn't see. And the enemy wasn't fighting me for where I was. He was fighting me for what was coming. Church on the Rock. He was fighting me for my testimony, for the story that gives people hope. He was trying then to stop me being here in front of you right now. He didn't want me with you today. And you might be doing the right thing right now, but you have opposition. It's because the enemy knows that you are a giant killer. You are a history maker. That you're going to affect your spouse, your family, the church that you're in, and the generations to come. Now stop being discouraged by what's happened. You know, if you weren't a threat, the enemy wouldn't be bothering you. 
Listen to me as I close now. The Most High God is fighting for you right now. He's crossing the lake saying, peace, be still. And as you walk in faith and stay connected to the house of God and his people, I believe every chain that has held you back will be broken. The plans and purposes God has for you will come to pass. Believe for new levels of favor, influence, opportunity, healing, breakthrough. Believe for the fullness of God's destiny to be manifested in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, I'm excited for your future. Let's pray. You know, I want to give you an opportunity right now to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And if that's you, and you know that you're not right with God, just pray this simple prayer with me right now. Just say these words. They're so simple. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I'm making you my Lord and my Savior. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, if you just prayed that prayer, I'm so excited for you. You know, God's gone before you. And I believe that what's just happened is you've been born again. Your spirit has come alive. And so you need to get into relationship with other like-minded people. And in so doing, keep God first place in your life. I want to encourage the best is yet to come. So until we meet again, share hope, show kindness, and shine Jesus.